Welcome. It is time to pull up your chair, grab a seat at the table for an excellent discussion about church planning right here in Mississippi. <laughs> I think that intro gets worse and worse every week. Thank you for uh, for being with us today, joining us at the table. Tanner Cade is the Communications Director here at Mississippi Baptist Convention Board. I am the Men's Ministries Director, John Martin. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about church planting in Mississippi. So I think many of us may be asking the question, uh, what is Mississippi doing in the area of church planting? And so today, John Allen May from East Point Church and and Olive Branch and from the 242 Network, uh, he's going to give us all the answers. Right, John Allen? (laughs) Uh, I did not know what I was doing 10 years ago, and I still don't know what I'm doing today. Yeah, there you go. But Good yes, deal. I'm trying. Before we, uh, before we dive into our conversation with John Allen, though, we want to we want to hear from some of those events that are coming up around the corners. Tanner? Thanks, John. Yeah, it's important to us that you know what's kind of around the corner in our schedule, Mississippi Baptist Life. There's a lot happening, but we want to focus on a couple things here. Uh, number one, church safety for minors workshops coming up. Uh, there's two opportunities, March 28th at Fairview Baptist Church and March 29th at FBC Nesbitt. In case you didn't know, the church safety for minors workshop is a comprehensive training that describes an effective uh, safety systems protecting children and youth from sexual abuse in the church and other ministry environments. Greg Love of Ministry Safe will be the speaker. We did this uh, back in 2019, and we seriously have heard a lot of great things from those workshops. Yeah. These are two in March. We'll have two more later in the year in September. Uh, there's other events coming up in April, like State Bible Drill. In May, we have the Financial financial Leaders Training and more. Hey, uh, don't forget, Easter's around the corner, pastors, if you're listening, April 17th. Yeah. Uh, we don't... Uh, we have a lot of things listed at tbc at mbcb.org slash events. Uh, we, you can check out more events and information there, uh, especially about that Church Safety for Myers workshop. There's a lot coming your way and around the corner. Hope you can check that out on our website. Good deal. Thank you, sir. So as I said, John Allen May is with us today from East Point and the 242 Network. So John Allen, uh, some of these guys may not know who you are, so uh, give us your, your story real quick, uh, when you were called into the pastorate, and then maybe when you were called into church planting in particular? Yeah. So I grew up in Tate County, uh, just south of DeSoto here uh, in North Mississippi, and went to church my entire life. My, my Both my parents were believers. Mm-hmm. I grew up at First Baptist Coldwater, um, and I was uh, made a profession of faith there. God saved me when I was a nine-year-old little boy. I was baptized there. Uh, didn't hear a lot about discipleship and what that looked like. I got my car keys when I was 15, and I really just rebelled against God. And then uh, at 18 years old, I was actually at the Youth Evangelism Conference down mm-hmm. in Clinton. And a guy named Ken Smith was preaching, and I've never met Ken and wouldn't know who Ken was if he walked in the door today, because <laughs> I haven't seen him since. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but he was talking through, um, he was talking through the fact that uh, we had kind of returned repentance to rededication, but it's really just a mm-hmm. biblical term, which is repentance and how mm-hmm. believers need to repent. And so at 18 years old, December 31st, 2002, I was a senior in high school and I was a believer, but I'd really never walked with God consistently. Um, but I repented of sin uh, that was in my life, began to, to walk with Jesus. And then we had a missionary come in who had spent a couple of years in Yemen mm-hmm. and he kind of broke up our youth group into thirds. And he was like the first third, you're going to, have unlimited access to the gospel. You're going to hear the name of Jesus. 
There's churches on every corner. Uh, there's going to be Bibles in convenience stores. And then he looked at the second group and he was like, well, you're going to have some access, but you may or may not hear the gospel in your life. You may know some Christians, but you're going to, it's going to be somewhat limited. And then he looked at our last group and he said, you're never going to hear the name of Jesus. And uh, that was the spring of 2003. And God really began to break me hmm. of my sin, uh, not hmm. just break me of my sin, but but help me to realize that my rebellion directly affected the lostness of the people around me, uh, that I, I was I was wasting an opportunity to have an impact. And so, uh, you know, fast forward to that summer, which we did uh, Mission Fuse, Center Fuse. We did that every summer growing up. I went uh, every chance I could. And so uh, I was sitting in St. Louis, Missouri, and the preacher was the last night of youth camp. He was preaching a sermon on the gospel. He was trying to get students to respond to the gospel. Mm. And I remember sitting there and, and just, you know, knowing that the, in that moment that I would never be happy doing anything other than what he was doing. Yeah. And so as he's imploring mm. people to come and respond to the gospel, uh, God was drawing me and calling me to, to, to ministry. Yeah. And so I surrendered that night. That was summer of 2003. Um, got plugged into my local BSU, taught high school boys, Sunday school at Coldwater, uh, did summer missions through our BSU two summers in a row there in Baskin Ridge, New Jersey, working with Somerset Hills Baptist Church, uh, Pastor Ted Harvey that's there, and uh, came back, went on staff at Wyatt uh, as a 20-year-old good kid. I, I tell people all the time it's not a good idea to hire a 20-year-old youth minister, but they did. <laughs> it worked out well for them and for me. Yeah. was there for six years and um, was sitting in a deer stand, actually, um, in November of 2010. And I got a message from George Ross, who I think a lot of Mississippians would know, or yeah, a lot of Mississippi yeah. Baptists would know. And uh, he said he, he was talking to me about a 1-8 network they had started in North Mississippi and um, was trying to encourage me towards considering church planting. And so I told him I, I, agreed, I agreed to do coffee with him. And so we sat down at Starbucks uh, a couple of months later in January. And he kind of laid out church planting and what it would look like. And I had considered it, taken some classes on at seminary, had some close friends who had planted churches. And I left that meeting with George, and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was going to plant a church. That's where God was leading me. And I remembered a quote from, uh, I believe it was Donald McGavern. Um, And it says something along the lines of the single most effective evangelistic methodology under heaven is to plant more churches. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really um, stood out to me then. It stands out to me now yeah, that yeah, the yeah. best way to reach people with the gospel is to plant more churches. But a lot of people yeah. say, well, why Mississippi? Yeah. Um, and uh, and the reality is that Mississippi is 60, 70% lost uh, yep. would be my mm-hmm. estimation, maybe more. Yep. I think that's a pretty conservative number. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so if we filled up every church in DeSoto County, uh, to max capacity on Easter Sunday, which I mentioned earlier, we wouldn't be able to fit everyone in DeSoto County in our churches. Wow, and right. so we need to plant yeah. more churches. And so uh, I left that meeting and went and had a very difficult conversation with Scott Rogers about what God was doing <laughs> in my life. And Wade Humphreys was waiting in the wings. Yeah, and so as soon yeah. as I uh, submitted an application to the 1-8 Network, um, was reached out to you by Wade and, and Longview Point, it was where he was pastoring mm-hmm. at the time, they wanted to plant a new church in Lewisburg which was literally in our church buildings are there's probably less than seven miles between us. Yeah. And, uh, and so I came on staff here at Longview point, August 1st of 2011 and was there for five months building a core team, investing in that core team. And we planted January 8th of 2012, which is just over 10 years ago. 
Yeah, awesome. I want to I want to go back to something you said because one of the conversations that we're having around the Baptist building is this statistic of the lostness of Mississippi. Uh, you know, I think I think people come with questions like, "Why do we need more churches?" There's one on every corner, right? We hear we hear that sort of thing sometimes, and and I don't think people understand. I wrote the statistic down before you said it. So we believe that between depending on the county. Somewhere between 66% and 74% of Mississippians are lost. Yeah. And, and, and I think that uh, there's, a, there's a confusion about that to most people. We still believe we're in the Bible Belt. We still believe we have a Christian culture, we would say. But as you've said, the reality is, is that we need more churches because we need to reach more people. Yeah, yeah. we no longer live in Mayberry. We live in That's Babylon, right. and we just mm-hmm. fail yeah. to recognize yeah. it. So you mentioned the Acts one eight, um, the network, and that what you, that's what you called it, right? Yeah, it was one eight. That was pre John. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. So, tell us a little bit about the two four two network. The way I understand it is, it was the there were a couple of church planting groups that came together, maybe and formed yep. the two four two network. That's right. Maybe a little bit of history on that, and also what does two four two do? Okay, so um, prior to two four two, we had one eight network in the north, and you had the Go network in central and south Mississippi. And when Johnny came on board, uh, those two networks merged together, which is mm-hmm. what we should have you know, probably done from the beginning. But uh, those two networks merged together and formed the 242 network. And so uh, I emphasize this um, because I believe it with all my heart. Um, but conventions do not plant churches. Associations right. do not plant churches. Yep. NAM does not plant churches. Seminaries do not plant churches. But churches plant churches. That's right. And so the 242 network is a, a network that comes alongside Mississippi Baptist churches who have young men who, I say young men, they can be an old man, uh, right, you know, yeah. I mean, Alvin Whitehead planted in Tate County, he's <laughs> in his mid fifties, yeah, but who yeah. have men who feel a, a call of God on their lives to go plant a new work. And so what 242 does is we come alongside and we help assess those men with their wives. We do a, a, a two day assessment and then we come out of that assessment, depending on where they were in that. And during that assessment, I think we're looking at six different aspects. We're looking at, um, we're looking at emotional and spiritual health. We're looking at their marriage. We've got two biblical counselors that work closely with our network. We're looking at their uh, preaching ability and style and their convictions about preaching. We're looking at their disciple-making history. Uh, We are looking at their leadership history. Uh, And then there's a wives assessor as well that is assessing the wives. So there's six different areas, six different assessors Mm -hmm. that come together for two full days to put in the work, to look into a couple's life and to see uh, and to affirm what God is already doing in their lives and to help them along the way. And then what we do then, if a, let's say a couple comes out of that, we give them a, a grade, essentially. It's a green, which means you're ready to plant, a yellow, which means you can move forward with training, but you, you really need uh, to work on one area. And then an orange light, which is there's several different things we want you to work on before you enter training and plant a church because we recognize what God's doing, but there are some there are some specific things that you need to address before you're ready to plant. And we see mm-hmm. that, and we want you to work on those things. And then there's a red light, which in my time at 242 over the last five years, we've only had one of. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so most people land in that yellow to orange range. We have the occasional greens and, uh, and we've had a one, one red. And then after the assessment is done, we come alongside and put planters into a cohort Mm. and we invest in them for six months, twice a month. And we take them through send trainings 
um, you know, church planning competencies. Yeah. And so we sit down for three hours uh, at a time, twice a month, every other week for six months, and we train these men in how to work through their vision, their values, systems and structure, uh, how to be a man of integrity and character, um, you know, uh, communication, which is preaching, mm-hmm. and, and several other competency, competencies along the way. So you mentioned the name Johnny Irving. Uh, that That is the man in the Baptist building that is kind of drawing things all together to try to tie everybody together, correct? He, he's he's a staff member. If you have a question about church planning, you can call our bil- building and reach Johnny. But how did you first meet Johnny? Can you explain some of that relationship? So when we planted 10 years ago, Johnny was in the picture to an extent. I'm not sure to what extent, um, but he's point's 10 years old. And so we... Mm-hmm. Uh, we were there. Johnny was the in the building at that time, uh, reaching out and touching base with me uh, a little bit along the way. And so the building did something great, which I love. You know, Johnny is a retired from Energy or something like that. Yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. where Johnny worked before <laughs> yeah. the building. Um, you know, but but Johnny is not a church planter. But mm-hmm. Johnny's very sharp with systems and structures. And he's he's just a, a good guy to have in your corner. Mm. But the building recognized, hey, we we I mean church planting is a whole different world. And so just because somebody's over missions in the building doesn't mean they know church planting. And so right. the network was formed and for the most part, nearly everyone that is involved in the network either has planted a church or is a missions pastor at a church that plants churches mm-hmm. or has been involved in church planting in some way, form or fashion. And Johnny's the guy that ha- kinda helps keep us uh, in in good standing with the building, if that makes sense, he's the guy <laughs> sure. that helps us yeah. uh, think through things from the building's perspective, yeah. and then he goes to the building on our behalf and and mm-hmm. kind of explains what we're doing. So, yeah, that's good. So, talk a little bit about this uh, the the pla- the planning pipeline that you were talking about, which is the assessment process, mm-hmm. then the coaching, right, and then finally yep. the planting. Uh, you guys have uh, two of those a year, is that right? And how many people, how many couples do you normally run through those at a time? So, yes, we usually do one in February. We do one in September, and then the yeah. cohorts start after those assessments. And so we do uh, anywhere from three to five couples at every right. assessment. And so that ends up being around eight couples a year total mm-hmm. that we're assessing. And so uh, we would like to have more than that, clearly. Yeah, sure. Because we want to plant more churches. Um, but we also want to plant healthy churches, which is, you know, every, nearly everybody listening's probably seen a church plant, do it, uh, and plant out of bad motives, right. whether it be yep. a church split, whether it be yeah. out of bitterness or anger or frustration at another church, yeah. um, mm-hmm. whether it be because a pastor can't find a job somewhere and he just, well, I'm going to go plant a church, you know, there's yeah. all kinds of bad reasons to plant a yeah, church, sure, but sure. we want to see healthy churches planted and plant it for the right reason because God's called somebody to an area and he's laid a burden on their heart to reach that area. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that's always been really impressive to me since I've been, um, you know, known of the 242 Network and, and met some of you guys is the, the quote, success rate of the planters mm-hmm. that come through the pipeline. And you may not know that statistic. Like you said, Johnny is a systems and a numbers guy. He yes. knows the statistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, but, it, but it's pretty high, right? I mean. Oh, it, it, if, I, if I had known the question was coming, I could have pulled up. I've got a graph on my phone yeah. somewhere in my yeah. pictures. So yeah. I believe we, prior to 242 Network, Mississippi Baptist had planted like 27 churches. Mm. Okay, the previous seven yeah. or eight years prior to the network coming along. And almost half of them had failed, had closed mm. the door. They didn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're looking at it from a dollar standpoint, you know, I don't want to say we wasted, you know, dollars yeah, when we sure, did those because sure. that's that's difficult to, to gauge. I mean, yeah. 
if a church plant saw one person come to faith, then that's sure. you know that's obviously a great win. Um, but since the network has been started, uh, we have planted um, and only seen, I believe, three or four churches close the doors in the last mm-hmm. ten years since two four two has been in existence. Yeah, and so what that means is that we are weeding out, and I, I hate to use that phrase, but we're weeding out those that that really need to further development right before yeah. they get to a place of planting an unhealthy church that's going to eventually yeah. close the doors because we want to see that church become self-sustaining sure. and we want to see that church thriving in a community and being a beacon of light in that community for decades not just for a short period of time yeah absolutely that's good and so we're talking here about the the network the structure the systems if you don't mind with the time that we do have i want to shift gears to more of your seat and your level of day-to-day in your seat of a church planner. So okay. you're in DeSoto County. Yep. I know everybody's context is different. It's based on the community. Yeah. And there's much to be said there. But uh, you planted 10 years ago. Uh, okay, so church planning. Let's let's set this up with the first question of what, what, what are some different contexts that you may be facing as a church planner as opposed to someone going to a church as a, in a pastorate role? that's already established church for a long time. Can you set that up for us a little bit? Absolutely. So uh, when I came on staff at Longview Point, one of the things Wade Humphreys told me was that the difference between going into an established church and planning a church is that when you go to when you go into an established church, you get into a big boat. And you know you've got to turn that boat slowly to get, to get going in the direction God wants you to go. Mm-hmm. But it could take 10, 12, 15 years to get going in that direction. Mm-hmm. Because you're earning trust, you're building relationships, and you're you're getting leadership equity, but a church plant's different. You get into a you get into the boat and you go where God wants you to go immediately. But you get mm. into a boat with just you and your spouse. Yeah. It's just you, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so uh, and so you you can go the direction you want to go out of the gate. And there's a lot of pros to that, and some, there's some cons to that as well. Yeah. Um, but one thing that is interesting and different about church planting is you, from the very beginning of the process, you build into the DNA of your church. Mm. that which you think is prevalent in the scriptures. The characteristics you see Mm. in Acts, you know, there at Antioch, you can begin to build those things in early on uh, into your church plant, whether it's being a multiplying church, a church that focuses on discipleship, a church that is missionally engaged within the community around it. Mm -hmm. uh, You name it, you can build that in from the ground up. and, um, and, uh, And so you get in a much smaller boat and you start heading the direction God wants you to go. That's good. So in in your context, I know I wish we could ask this to every church planners, just kind of get an update on where what life is like for you in your ministry. So can you speak about your context at East Point? What's outreach look like for y'all? Baptisms, growth? Can you talk about some of that logistics? Absolutely. So we started with nine families. We Mm -hmm. did a five-month launch, you know, five-month prep to launch, which was not enough time. We were Mm -hmm. not ready. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. Mm -hmm. We had a few shared convictions with the three pastors that we started with, which, by the way, we still have those same— the three of us are still together today. Yeah. I don't know what the average tenure of a Southern Baptist pastor is in a church, but I've got two mm-hmm. dudes that would bleed that would bleed with me, <laughs> okay. and uh, and that goes a long way yeah, when it sure. comes to planning a church. And so yeah. Matt King and Josh Patterson have been with me from day one, and so <clears throat> we had a few shared convictions to preach the Bible expositionally, to make disciples in small groups, mm-hmm. uh, to have authentic community with one another, and to uh, and to equip people to live missionally, which is normal mm-hmm. everyday people living normal everyday life, but with gospel intentionality. Mm. And so we started with nine families. Uh, We saw a few converts quickly when we planted. And so we grew to 15 within the first few um, months of the plant being on the ground, off the ground in 2012. 
And then God has slowly but surely um, brought us families. Uh, we have the biggest demographic we have reached uh, is that 22 to 40 year old range. Um, people that have been de-churched, that mm-hmm. maybe grew up in church, that got out of church when they went to college, found a found a spouse, gotten married, started their career, and then yeah. they meet a young family at our church. And they get invited to a small group or maybe to a small group mm-hmm. gathering at someone's house. And then they are, you know, engaged in a gospel conversation. They think, well, well, this is I believe this, but my mm-hmm. life doesn't look like theirs. And then we've seen when I say dozens of families like that between that 22 to 35, 40 year old range, uh, either come to faith in Jesus or repent of sin and complacency mm-hmm. and come back and become an active follower of Jesus again. That has been the the primary way we have grown. A lot of churches view church growth thinking, hey, come to the front doors of our church. We want to mobilize our small groups to practice biblical hospitality, to have their unchurched neighbors into their homes, Mm -hmm. to, to, um, uh, to invite them to the park, uh, to really begin to do life with them for the purpose of sharing the gospel with them, Uh, you know, leveraging their homes for the sake of the gospel. And so we have, uh, we've seen that take place. Uh, today, uh, which w- since so prior to COVID, we were around ninety to one hundred people on average. Mm-hmm. So eight years in, we were ninety mm-hmm. to one hundred people. Uh, since COVID, uh, over the last month, we probably averaged two seventy, two eighty, somewhere in there. Um, and so we have almost tripled in size. We have tripled in size. Is you serious? Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Man. Yes, yeah. we have. And so it's been it's been interesting. Uh, we're a little overwhelmed. We didn't know what we were doing ten years ago. And yeah, I mean, don't tell my church, but I, I still don't think we know what we're doing today. Um, <laughs> but uh, but we're we're in a area in Lewisburg that is growing quickly. Yeah, and yeah, so Desoto yeah. County is still seeing a mass influx of people from the Memphis area. And yeah. as Memphis moves south, Desoto County moves south. You don't get any more south than Lewisburg in Desoto yeah. County. And so everybody wants to get out of town. We live in a mm-hmm. rural community. When I was planting the church, everybody was talking about big cities and doing commu- these big city events. We didn't have a city. We planted a yeah. church in the middle of cornfields in Lewisburg, <laughs> Mississippi. Yeah. I had a local pastor that was like, you know, there's nothing but cornfields out there when we were yeah. planting. I said, yes, sir, I do. Yeah. I'm fully yeah. aware of where we're planting. Um, but God yeah. has been gracious to us. Um, you know, I, I don't know the total numbers of baptisms. Uh, and you can go look at our CPC report. Is that what it's called? ACP. ACP. ACP report. Yeah, yeah we yeah. have not filled that out accurately in 10 years. <laughs> Thank you for filling we it out. Didn't, Annual church we profile. didn't fill it out at all this year, so don't judge me. Oh, no. Um, but we probably <laughs> baptized, you know, somewhere around 60 to 70 folks, maybe. We've got five people awaiting baptism right now. Yeah. Um, you know, God is God is blessing. Um and it's been good. You know, the the thing that we have tried to do our best uh, with is equipping the saints for the mm. work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. That the pastors don't do the work. The, the, the church as a whole does the work. And yeah. we want to give ministry away. And so if, if someone wants to start a small group, we are all about them starting a small group. Um, yeah. Because we believe that disciples are made in small groups. You can do an attractional model, come through our front doors and come to worship with us. But Jesus, when he wanted to change the world, took 12 men and he poured his life into them. Yeah. And if we yeah. want to see multiplication, really not addition, but multiplication take place, it's only going to happen by investing in the few that can invest in the masses and uh, and share the gospel. Yeah, that's awesome. Look, I want to before we're almost out of time here, but I want to hit something real quickly that I think is important for those that are listening because those that are listening may be pastors in Mississippi Baptist churches. 
So I know uh, that that you had an experience at Longview Point, right? Started on staff Correct. there, kind of that's your beginning point, and then Longview Point launched you. I know that Longview Heights, I think, is the yep. the mother for the daughter Longview Point, right? Longview and, Heights uh, is our grandmother. Yeah, there you okay. go. So there we go. Uh, so can you just offer some encouragement in that in that realm? So we need you said it. You said the convention doesn't plant churches, NAM doesn't plant churches. Associ- I mean, associations don't plant churches, churches plant churches. That's right. What does that look like? So I think it looks different for every church because there may be pastors listening right now thinking, well, well, gosh, you know, John Allen got, you know, 70-something thousand dollars from Longview Point, and we did get mm-hmm. a lot of money from Longview Point. But Wyatt had played just as big a role in developing me as a future pastor by giving me a good ministry experience for six years. And Scott yeah. Rogers taking me to the hospital, taking me to, to funerals, yeah. uh, teaching me how to do premarital counseling. And so there may be a pastor right now that's listening, like, well, how can I participate? Invest in your staff. Yeah, and and if God calls your staff to go out, don't look at it as a loss. Yeah. Look at it the way the church at Antioch did in Acts 13, which is we get to send Paul and Barnabas out. Yeah, I mean, they sure, sent yeah. two of their best out. And so whether you are a Longview Point who is – going to be the quote-unquote sending church, or whether you're just a church that was faithful along the way. I mean, I grew up at First Baptist Coldwater. Yeah, and sure. First Baptist, I mean, there are people there that I still love dearly mm-hmm. uh, to this day. And so uh, whether you're a, a church that just sees someone called to ministry, whether you're a church that's investing in some guys that are called to ministry, um, whether you're a church that's got a gifted staff member that could possibly one day plant a church, yeah. um, you know, know that it takes all of us to to really work together to expand the kingdom. Uh, and, and I think that's what's so great about uh, the idea of partnering together we read about in Philippians 1. We mm-hmm. see that playing out in Mississippi Baptist life every day yeah. with the 242 yeah. Church Planning Network. That's so awesome. everybody plays a role. Sure. Man, this yeah. has been a great time. Thank you, John <laughs> Allen. This is awesome, man. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? I, 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 I like to leave that open for you just in case, but... Uh, I mean, other than just uh, just encourage people to, to be faithful. Uh, yeah. You know, you never know. Um, you know, you never know what God's going to do through faithfulness, and and yeah. God never calls us to be fruitful. He always calls us to be faithful. And so, for pastors yeah, so. out there, you may think, uh, well, my church isn't growing right now. Well, mm-hmm. that, you know, results aren't up to you. Uh, results are ultimately up to God. And so, we yeah, plant, sure. we water, but it's God who causes the growth. And so, just keep your hand to the plow and be faithful. God awesome. is causing the growth. Yep. That's right. And that's what we hope uh, out of this discussion of Ministry in Mississippi, that we're just elevating uh, what God is doing in our state. So thank you so much, John Allen, for talking about Absolutely. this today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, we're on this podcast is out there. It's just another tool of discussion point. You can find us at NBCB.org. Uh, our podcast is on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and Google. Uh, share that, like like that, pass that along with your friends. Let, let's stir up this discussion about what God is doing. Yeah in our state. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We'll catch you next time on our next episode. Bye-bye. Absolutely enjoyed it. Thank you for having me.